Welcome to the Canada Fans World Junior Tour podcast, powered by Azercan.net. I'm Bryn Griffiths, along with Paul Almeida. Well, where do you even want to start with that? And, well, I guess we start where we should start, and that's congratulations to the United States of America on a very impressive 2-0 victory over Team Canada in Edmonton on Tuesday night. They came out strong, and they just looked like they wanted it. I, I hate the expression, Paul. They wanted it more. You know both teams wanted this thing. Oh, absolutely. But they came out and they played their game to perfection, caught Canada off guard really quick, and Canada never got back on track. And uh, there's a million ways to slice this one and take a look at it, and we're going to try to do that. Where do you want to start? Well, you are absolutely correct. I mean, the USA was full measure for that. I mean, they played a great hockey game. They came out. Uh, after a bit of a slow start, they took over the hockey game. And uh, they played their game, which is speed and skill and getting pucks uh, to the net. And they got their two goals. Uh, um, you know, 13 minutes into the game, Tercott scored. And uh, they got their goal early in the second period where, uh, as you know, the worst goals to give up if you're a coach or a hockey team is the first minute of a period and last minute of a period. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that, uh, Canada, you know, after that first intermission was coming out saying, okay, it's only down one goal and then boom, they get that second goal. And that puts things in your head because you start thinking, oh, two goals down. And we talked about it before the, before this game, Canada never really had any adversity in this tournament. And that was really the first time where you could look at them and say, okay, let's see what you got. Pressure's on them. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure's solely on them. The one thing that I've been noticing already as I kind of follow along on social media while we're chatting is a lot of people are very, uh, you know, the, the one thing they want to keep saying is Canada had it too easy and they weren't challenged enough. But but you know what you got to do? You got to take a look at the other team here. The other team had a tough run in a tougher pool. So mm-hmm. obviously, they, you know, just to get to the gold medal final for them was huge. And they had to go through some adversity. And adversity is a, is a wonderful thing because it, it tells you what you're made of. But Canada just didn't have that. And the Americans took full advantage of it. Now, I'm, there's a lot of things that you can break down here. One is, if the building had been full of mm-hmm. fans, would they have been able to try to encourage the team a little bit more? But I'm not convinced that that would have changed too much here. The Americans, Ray Ferraro brought it up on the tail end of the broadcast. He said... They did a great job of keeping Team Canada to the outside. And once they got that second goal, I just never, ever believed at any point in the third period that Canada was going to score twice, let alone once. Yeah. They had a few chances in close. I didn't think they had enough traffic in front of Knight. And they had a tough time even getting shots through to the net. Their forwards did a great job of closing down the Canadian defense. The Canadian defense, Byram and Drysdale, amongst others, because there's a lot of good defensemen on that point, but especially those two, the Americans did a great job of closing off the lanes and not giving them an opportunity to get shots on goal. A lot of times they had the puck at the point. There was no way to get it through them. They're passing it back into the corner. That's not Canada's game. They were getting it back to those guys, and those guys were driving it to the net. And when it did get to the net, especially in that first power play, I didn't think Canada had enough guys in front of the net. Well, you got to work. The shots were coming, and Knight had a clear view at it. You got to work hard to get to the inside, get to the greasy area, into the paint, and they just couldn't get there. Once again, no credit's got to go to the team that won. 
And, oh, yeah. and they just did a remarkable job of keeping everybody to the outside. And uh, they're full marks for winning the gold medal, as far as I'm concerned. It's a bitter loss for Team Canada. But you know what? It's really tough to repeat. The competition level at this yeah. event is so intense. And once again, and we, see, we see another team that's the defending champs not win it the following year. Yeah. And we're and on a bit one of a game run. Break. Oh, sure. And it's one game, Brent. You go into a one game final or one game quarterfinal, semifinal, whatever it is. And if the other team comes out hard and takes it to you, you don't have much time to recover. It's not like you have two, three games after that to say, okay, we can recover at the end of the game and be ready for the next one. There is no next one. So when you're playing a one, one game tournament, that's where things happen. And unfortunately for Canada, they didn't lose a game until the final. The Americans lost to Russia during the round robin. Yep. Had their little bit of, uh, you know, adversity. And then they came back and I thought they were a stronger team after they lost to Russia. They started to get stronger and stronger every game. And uh, for Canada, they really didn't have a hard time with many teams, even going all the way to the final. I mean, they blew out Russia. And that was the game that we thought that might you know, give them a little bit of adversity or give them a little bit of trouble or make them, you know, power through some things, but they just didn't get that opportunity until the final. And uh, as we know, in one game take, takes all, anything can happen. Well, and we were talking uh, or texting during the game, and I, and I, keep, I mm-hmm. always go back to the Claire Drake, one of the more famous hockey coaches on the planet. I remember him telling me once that if you don't win possession of the puck, most of the time, you're just not going to win. And the way right. I viewed the game tonight was Team Canada had struggled to get out of their own zone, especially in the first period, because the defense tried to carry it out. Well, you couldn't do that. It was going to be have to, yeah. off the glass and out. You've got to, yeah, you've got to change your game. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't do it. The Americans were on top of them. And then conversely, at the other end, the Americans had no problem with dumping the puck out. They didn't have mm-hmm. to carry it out. Canada couldn't apply for check and could not apply any physicality to the game. And, uh, and, and you and I have been talking all the way through this whole thing about it's so important to get the other team playing your game. Well, tonight it was a track meet. Tonight it was not Team Canada's night. The Americans winning it. And that is how many? That's now five Canada U.S. gold medal finals. And how many of the U.S. won of the five? They won the last four. I know. So obviously they uh, they got a pretty good read on Team Canada as far as I'm concerned and and once again full marks for it not to take anything away from the the performance of the Canadian guys through the entire tournament and they worked hard tonight but they just couldn't get it done and I think a lot of the credits just got to go to the other guys tonight and that's how I would like to view it and yeah. uh, it's that's just the way it goes sometimes right it is the way it goes and uh, you know luckily. You know, for uh, for Canada uh, and and the fans, we have it back here again next year. The same teams are back; all of them are back. Yeah, and uh, Canada gets another opportunity at home to try to get that gold medal at home. And uh, but uh, you know, it's quite unfortunate. Number one, that there were no fans in the stands this year. You know, that made like you said, it could have made a big difference in a game like today. But the United States, their players are used to playing in front of big crowds. And I don't think that would. And, and teams that don't like them. Yeah. I've heard so a few players say. it would be a big yeah. issue for them. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but what, I mean, what, what it might have done the to the. Yeah, what it might have done to the Canadian kids, we, we'll never know. 
But the bottom yeah. line, and Gordon Miller summed it up beautifully toward the tail end of the TSN broadcast. He said that he thought the city of Edmonton had done a remarkable job under the situation and hope we never have to do it again. And I'm with him on that one. Well, we've done it twice now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're becoming the uh, city of bubbles is probably the That's best right. way to put it. Let's take a look at some of our tournament thoughts because there were yeah. there were a lot of things to talk about. There's some positives and some negatives, but we tend to uh, view on, on some of the positives. Let's let's go through some of the teams. Let's take a look at Austria, who, who lost four of their matchups, and they really struggled. And uh, they're lucky that uh, they don't have to deal, you know, didn't have to deal with relegation at all. But trying to find a positive yeah. out of it, at least they had the opportunity to play higher competition, and you hope they take something from that. And they scored one goal, which for yes. them, you know, was a big deal. They scored one, had twenty nine against. And you're right, they had no relegation. I think they would have been tough against Switzerland in relegation. Yeah. So for them, they got to be happy that they're back here again next year. And uh, as we know. With the junior tournament, some guys leave, other guys come in. I don't know what next crop of kids they have that come in, but hopefully for them, they have another generation of kids coming in that maybe can uh, give them a better result next year because next year they will be in the relegation round, I guarantee you. And whether it's Switzerland or Germany, because Germany is going to lose a lot of guys. One of those teams is going to be playing Austria in the relegation, and Austria has got to match itself up against one of those teams if they want to stay up in the A group. Let's uh, move over to Switzerland, who also lost four. You were talking about the fact that they just don't have any drafted players. No, and and they came close. You know, they had some good games. Uh, they lost to Slovakia one nothing. If you remember, the Slovak goalie made that big save in the very first game of the tournament, or they could have got a tie out of it. Yeah. And they lost to Finland 4-1, which is respectable. But, you know, the, the Swiss are all about team play and keeping the score down and low. But they just, if you don't have the talent, Bryn, you're not going to score goals in this tournament. And, and you have to score, you got to score at least one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's that. Hey, you, you mentioned Slovakia because that's an interesting story just purely on the amount of players they've got coming back next year. 14 guys coming back next year, which is huge for them. And speaking of huge, they were a big hockey team. Yes, they were. And they didn't mind playing physical. That Slatkovsky, the kid that's a 22 uh, draft pick, was, what, 6'4", 215 already, and he's 16 years old. Wait till he grows. And that Nemitz they had on defense is a good defenseman. He's a twenty twenty two as well. And Latkowski, the goaltender who I just uh, talked about uh, making that big save against Switzerland, uh, Switzerland, he was very good in other games. So... They have a good nucleus coming back. Not to say that they're going to be world beaters, but they should be better because those kids will be one year older and uh, they have that experience. And the nice thing for them and some of these lower teams, Bryn, is that they're coming back to somewhere familiar. They'll be back in Edmonton again next year. They'll know the rink. They'll know the where they're staying. So that kind of familiarity, especially if you have young players that are returning, is comforting. I think it's going to play some benefits for some of these teams. Czech Republic. I was actually a little disappointed in the Czechs at this uh, Yeah, event. I was too. What did you think of them, Bryn? Well, I, I uh, you know what? They just didn't seem to have anybody that, that was a big enough score to help them out. And yeah, you, no and, yeah you've got to have some guy who's, you got to have one guy who's got an element of being a game breaker who maybe can just score that one goal for you when you absolutely need to have yeah. it. And they just didn't, uh, they just didn't have it. And I was a little surprised at that. I, you know, I, I liked them better last year than I did this year. But you know what? It's junior hockey, and there's a yeah. continual changeover 
and uh, they it just wasn't their year. Some of the other teams, Sweden is a team that, yeah. that got off to a great start, and then all of a sudden it's like somebody flipped a switch. And yeah. uh, and granted, they went through some challenges with COVID, but uh, but I was really kind of surprised at, at, at what happened, and when they pulled the shoot toward the end, it was really a problem for them. Yeah, well, losing Broberg was a big a big uh, problem for them because he was eating a lot of uh, ice for them early in the tournament. And, and maybe too and much, I just Paul. think he couldn't skate anymore. Yeah, maybe too much. And that might have been, yeah. to me, that's, that was a coaching error, not not anything. I know that they love him, but yeah. he clearly well, the coaches was, weren't there, if you remember, Bryn. We talked about their coach, their head coach not being there, and maybe he would have, uh, you know, done something different. Now, Lucas Raymond is a great player, though. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, the team that they don't like to lose to, of course, is a team that they lost to in the quarterfinals to Finland, and not in a good way, where fin- Finland came back and just took over that game and won in, at the end, so... Uh, they're going to go home a little bit sore, that's for sure. The other thing, too, they had that big 54-game winning streak going in round-robin play that that it finally collapsed. And when it did, they, it just then they had three straight losses, and it was pretty much over yep. for them. Germany. Wow. I think yeah. we're seeing a future star in the National Hockey League in Ottawa coming oh, up here because sure. he was fantastic in this event. I really enjoyed watching him play. Yeah, he was named to one of the forwards of the tournament. Uh, Stutzla was absolutely dynamic. Yeah, He carried that team on his back when they had 14 players. I mean, he did everything. He played upwards of 26 minutes a game for a forward is unheard of. And Eliash and Paterka were right there with him. They were, you know, in the middle of the, like, 5, 6, 7 in scoring for the tournament around there. That's amazing for Germany to have a line like that that dominated. They just didn't have the supporting cast. Well, they I mean, also they, they, they also missed. they were starting shorthanded because of COVID again, right? Fourteen yep. guys shorthanded. Yeah, shorthanded not only here but also they left some players back at home. Yeah, that maybe could have made they left their number one goalie. They left one of their best defensemen back at home. That could have made a bit of a difference. But you saw the difference in that team when they got everybody back. Uh, you know, uh, against Russia to lose two one against Russia in a quarterfinal game. And that was the first time they've ever made the quarterfinals for Germany, which is a huge, uh, you know, win for them right there. But to go into the final and only lose to Russia two to one, and hit the crossbar at the end and could have tied the could game, could have tied it right up. That that's got to bold well for their program and and really a boost for for their young players to say, hey, we can compete at this level. Look what uh, these guys just did. And look at how they're slowly starting to infiltrate the National Hockey League with Leon Dreisaitl, and now we've got more uh, really solid German players coming up, and that's great to see. Let's move to Russia. I don't mean that as move to Russia. Let's start talking about Russia. We'll tour Russia soon enough, but uh, nonetheless, I I was disappointed in uh, in the way things kind of shook down for them toward the end there. I know they beat the U.S. 5-3, to and that was probably their highlight. And just got by Germany, but some of the players that I expected more from, right from their netminder, out. It just didn't seem yeah. to have the same explosive nature that they had shown last year when they got all the way to the gold medal final. Yeah, Askarov was good in the last half of the game today, but uh, he had a shaky moments during the tournament. And, uh, uh, you know, he's still probably going to be a very good goaltender in the NHL. I mean, he's got the skill, he's a big size. Um, we talked about it earlier today on our first podcast that he may have missed Nick Cavibulin. Yeah. Having somebody to 
you know, give him some guidance because he was all over the place and he was losing his stick all the time. But you could see the talent is there. The talent is there in that player. The guys that I were dis- I was most disappointed in, although Pod Colson played a very good game today and really showed a lot of leadership in that Finland game, trying to get the Russians back into it and trying to pull guys into the game. But he and Amarov and some of the forwards on Russia, just I didn't see the creativity. I didn't see the explosiveness that you expect from a Russian hockey team. You expect from a Russian hockey team that there's one or two guys that at any point of the game could take over the game just with their skill and their speed. And we just didn't see it. And unfortunately for them, um, without Askarov standing on his head, they weren't going to win any games yeah, when exactly. it mattered. Yeah. Let's talk about, a, a, I, can't, I can't say Finland coming up as a surprise because I consider them always one of the better countries on the planet when it comes to hockey. But they had a pretty good tournament. I was, I really liked the way they played. Oh, yeah. And some of the guys were pretty fantastic. Uh, and one guy in particular I really liked, and we were just talking about him before we went on, and that is their blue liner, who's going to be appearing with the Winnipeg Jets soon oh. enough. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, He's a I, very good defenseman. I, I liked what I saw out of him when he was just kind of skating around a little bit uh, earlier, but he was great. But they, uh, I, I really liked the way Finland played, and we've talked about the fact that if you, if you give those guys a sniff that they can get back into a game by the third period, they can hurt you. And they hurt a few teams here. Russia. Well, I think we, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I think we have to remember, Bryn, that preliminary Finland. Yes. It's not the same as knockout Finland. Absolutely correct. <laughs> it's a totally different hockey team. I mean, I don't know how a team can be so polarly opposite. During the round robin, it seems like, you know, they just go through the motions and, you know, they have some talent. And if they win, they win. They lose. Oh well, we're going to be in the playoff, and it's almost like they they love being the underdog. They love going into that qualification round. Uh, sorry, the the playoff round, playing big teams and saying, "Okay, you don't think that we're going to match up well against you? We're going to give you a game here." And their downfall is that they always spot the other team a goal or two before they even get going. But when they get going, holy mother! And, I mean, Brad Lambert is a good hockey player. Oh yeah. For 2022, Lindell's going to be a star in the NHL. Loved him. Kindle, as you mentioned, and they had other players as well. The, the other thing, too, is that the moment they beat Sweden, eliminated the Swedes, they were playing with house money, and they Absolutely. knew it. So it was fun to watch uh, Finland. And that brings us ba- down to our final two that we watched in action tonight in the gold medal game, and that was the U.S. and Canada. Oh, we, we got to talk about the MVP, uh, you know, or oh, yeah. the MVP for Every the Americans. Yeah. Oh, he's just uh, an amazing player, just uh, so creative and quick. And you can yep. see he's going to have a great, uh, great NHL career ahead of him. But, uh, you know, between having him and uh, Knight between the pipes, who uh, who set a, sh- a shutout streak, had a shutout streak going, it was very, very impressive. But Yeah, I just, world junior record. Yeah. 218 minutes and 53 second shutout streak. And then he got a, it got broken. And then he's the first goalie to get a shutout in the final game in nine years. I know. And I didn't think he was overly tested today, but he made some big saves when he had to, but we talked about it. The Americans did a great job of keeping Canada from getting those grade a, probably the best chance they had was McMichael on that breakaway where it looked like he was a bit off balance and didn't get everything on it that he wanted to, or make the play that he wanted to. But, 
he saves. He made saves when he had to, and he's a good goaltender, no question about it. And a great and, supporting uh, cast too. That you know, oh. the, the first goal was a beautiful tip in on the first period, and that really kind of set the yep. table for the way things worked the rest of the way for and the mobile Americans. defense. I mean, the United yeah. States earlier, we talked about the United States and Canada being the only two teams in the tournament where you can say defense, goaltending, and forwards. They've got all three covered. Yeah. Every other team in the tournament, you could look at one aspect of their roster and say, yeah, they're a good team, but maybe they don't have the offense. They're a good team, but maybe they don't have the guy on the back end that could play those 26 minutes and lead them. Maybe they don't have the goaltender that's going to make the big stop when they need it. But uh, the U.S. and Canada had it all that, and they were the two finalists that uh, should have been in the final. And, you know, some people might, you know, and it's the typical thing once you start uh, taking a look at social media, everybody's, I haven't heard anybody say it yet. What's wrong with Canadian hockey? And we always laugh. We always laugh when we see that. Or people are blaming the coaches or blaming particular players who might be 16 or 17 years of age. These kids have got a long way to go before they get to, before they might even get to the National Hockey League. But I, I, I like this team, Canada. I like the way they played. They were a little hot and cold at times for me, but they were playing in a pool that I think they kind of came back to their opposition level uh, on a few occasions. But nonetheless, I, I really was uh, impressed with a lot of the kids and how they performed right from, and I really like the goaltending. And, uh, you know, you can't blame the goaltender on a gold medal loss like this because uh, it just, uh, to me, I thought they did a lot of things right, but the problem was they just they took on a team in this matchup tonight that was just better than them on the night and had gone through probably a little more stress. So I, it's, uh, you know, anybody in on the Canadian team other than the guys we've been talking about now for two weeks that really impressed you? Oh, well, Byram and Drysdale on defense, you can't ask for a better pairing on Canada. And, I mean, the other defensemen weren't bad either. They were very good defensemen, but Byram is another level. Yeah. And Drysdale is another level. Those two guys, the way that they skate and move the puck and get get you out of trouble or create opportunities for you, Byram. If that goal by Byram goes in today where he hit the post, well, who we might have a different hockey game. We might have a different hockey game. And that was shorthanded. And he's up there. While shorthanded in front of the other team's goal, deking the goaltender and putting it in off the putting it off the post. So, you know, when you have that type of mobility back there, it opens up so many opportunities for you. And, uh, you know, people are going to say, imagine if they had Kirby Doc. You know, would it have made a difference? What if the Rangers would have given uh, Canada Lafreniere? But I mean, you can't bank on that on a year where the NHL is not going uh, is going uh, anyway. So. Um, this is the world juniors. Other guys, got, are, other guys got to step up. Hands or butts. Right? Yeah, and other teams are missing players as well. Yeah. So it's not just Canada. And Canada had enough firepower to score goals. They just couldn't couldn't get through today. I mean, we've seen a lot of good hockey teams or teams with a lot of great players come up against a team who is just very disciplined in the way that they're playing. And uh, they're sticking to their game plan and they're doing what they have to do to win the hockey game. And when you're up by two goals, you can play a little differently than when zero zero or you're down by two goals. And the United States played it perfectly. And I'll bet you they'd give back every power play goal they had through the entire tournament if they could have scored on that one power play tonight. Yes. When they were down one nothing, if they'd have scored yep. on that power play, it might have been a complete game changer. They didn't get. I think they only had two shots during that power play. And nobody in front of the net, Brent. I know there wasn't enough guys in front of the net. I mean, I look at the game before where Finland uh, beat Russia. They had two guys in front of Askarov all the time on the power play. 
and they got it back to their defenseman and their defenseman got shots through into the net. And that's how they score their goals. Canada, we just didn't have enough guys and full credit to the States as well for boxing guys out. Yeah. But you got to fight to get in there and uh, Canada just didn't do it. It's a Titanic struggle tonight to say the least. And uh, the, the team that was better on the night won. The what more can you say? Well, yeah, if you want to use that version of the Titanic. Uh, but okay, we, I thought that's where I, I thought that's where you were going. No, no, I wasn't. Uh, wasn't that was going that route. Sailing until until like, you hit the iceberg. I, I was talking about two Titans going at it tonight, okay. and it was a struggle between <laughs> them. And uh, I guess the 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 here's how it stacks up. We're going to see the exact same teams next year in the exact same arena, and hopefully we'll have fans in the seats. And thank you to all the teams. They provided a lot of entertainment as it, it's always a great event. And it just, you know, it, it, you're always surprised by some things and then really disappointed or shocked by other things. And that's what makes this event for me so much fun to watch. Oh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, for next year, Finland, Germany, Czech, Austria are in Canada's pool. And in the American pool, it'll be Sweden, Russia, Switzerland, and Slovakia. So Canada, again, I think gets the easier draw for the round robin. Again. And uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Still, uh, it'll be a good tournament. I mean, it was a good tournament this year. I really enjoyed the tournament. I don't know about you, Bryn, but I thought it was uh, interesting as it went along. I mean, we learned a lot about a lot of great young players from a lot of countries that'll be in the NHL someday. And uh, to, to see, you know, the emotion on some of these kids when they win or when they lose. I mean, Finland today celebrated that bronze medal like they won the tournament. They were yeah. so happy to win. Russia took it hard that they lost. The captain was crying. Other guys were crying. So you see that these kids care and they give it their all. And then you look at when the Czechs beat Russia, how excited they were that they had beaten Russia. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can go down through every team and say, you know, they had a highlight like that. You know, even Austria, when they scored that one goal, they made their tournament that they scored a goal. And and that's the beauty of the world juniors is uh, these are young kids who, you know, show their emotions and play with their emotions. And uh, that's what makes it exciting. We have some business to uh, deal with. And that is we had a contest going. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Well, uh, you do it. We had a Pierre-Luc Dubois jersey from our friend Warren Suter at Fandemonium that we're giving away an autographed Team Canada jersey. And the winner is uh, Matthew Hamstra from Gibbons, Alberta. boy, Matthew. So congratulations to Matthew. Well done. And we also had a Grant Fear framed photo, and the winner of that is... You, you, you want... can do it. Oh, thank you. This is kind of like the Academy Awards. Uh, the winner <laughs> of the... the envelope. <laughs> and the Grant Fear framed photo goes to... Gordon Wiggins of Edmonton, Alberta. So, nice. Gordon, congratulations. Okay, so are you going to track these guys down and tell them that they won? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to track them down uh, tonight and uh, congratulate them, and we'll get the the items to them quickly. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who entered the contest. We had about 250 people enter, which is fantastic. And uh, uh, thank you all, and uh, I, we'll be doing something again very soon, I think because it was such a, a great response and uh, really enjoyed uh, doing it. And I hope that uh, uh, Matthew enjoys his jersey and that uh, Gordon enjoys the frame photo. You know, I was just remembering back to a year ago 
when Canada won, you had no voice. Remember that night in the hospitality yeah, suite at the yeah. Clarion? And yes. it's, it, you know, it's nice to have your full voice back, but unfortunately for Team Canada, it was, uh, it was, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a yeah. tough one. Okay, how can people keep in touch with you? Because the event is over, but uh, we were having a lot of fun with your Facebook page over the last oh. two to three weeks. It was a blast. And today it was going crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, people were posting uh, pictures of their living room and uh, jerseys that they were wearing. Uh, uh, we had a couple of people show a table with all their uh, good luck charms and, and gadgets on the table <laughs> before the game. Uh, didn't work. They're Flames fans, so I didn't expect it to work. Oh, well, careful uh, now. Careful. <laughs> that was Darcy Seitz in Calgary. <laughs> Uh, who's a great guy and has been on a, on a couple of our tours and uh, you know, a really nice family. And uh, yeah, the Facebook page was fantastic. It was really nice to see a lot of the people that went on the tour, stay in touch, use that Facebook to, you know, show what they're doing during the tournament and, and how they're enjoying the tournament. And also that they're looking forward to seeing each other again uh, soon, whether it be in Russia or in Sweden. And uh, it's nice also that they're inviting a lot of their friends onto the Facebook page. And if you haven't been, please go there. It's the Azarkan World Juniors Facebook page and uh, join. And uh, we put a lot of information on there. Uh, the other place where you can get a lot of information is our website, azarkan.net. We already have pages up for Russia 2023 and we have pages up for Sweden 2024. I don't know if Bryn's going to have a weather report from Novosibirsk tonight. Oh yeah, we got to do one last one because we've been doing that this entire time. <laughs> carry, carry on, I'll find it here. Yeah. And uh, on the Russia 2023 page, uh, we have already a bit of an outline of what we're thinking about doing, going to St. Petersburg first for uh, three days to break up the trip to Novosibirsk, which is in Siberia. Uh, and then it gives us an opportunity to do a little sightseeing in one of the most beautiful cities in Europe, St. Petersburg. We'll go to Novosibirsk, enjoy the tournament, enjoy some nice things in that area. There are some very nice things to see in that area as well. And then after the tournament is over, we'll go to Moscow and don't forget, Christmas in Moscow is January 7th. Oh, Orthodox nice timing. Christmas. Nice timing. So we will be celebrating our Christmas twice. In, twice. We'll be celebrating Christmas in St. Petersburg before we go to Novosibirsk on Boxing Day. Then we'll have our New Year's party in Novosibirsk. And then we'll have an, uh, another Christmas in Moscow, which will be the, the good part about it is that all the Christmas markets will be open throughout in Novosibirsk, in St. Petersburg, and in Moscow, which a lot of people like to just wander through, get their mulled wine, um, and uh, enjoy, you know, just meeting other people and uh, bring your skates. There's a lot of nice, uh, I've been looking, and there's a lot of nice ice rinks and squares in St. Petersburg and Moscow and Novosibirsk where you can go for a skate. Can you buy the little dolls where you get one inside the other? The Matrushka dolls, is, is, yes. that, is that what they call those things? Yes. I've always wanted to buy well, one of those from Russia. So, uh, you know. Uh, oh, by yeah, the way. I'm in Prague, but yeah, from Russia would be better. Have the uh, weather update for you. It is currently clear and 23 mm. degrees. Oh, hang oh, on a second. Oh, oh, hang on a second. That's Turks and Caicos. In uh, Novosibirsk <laughs> right now, it is, uh, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's a balmy minus 24. And I'm looking oh, at their, their long-range forecast. Actually, they get into the minus teens. So when well, you're coming you with us, you're not coming for the weather. You're coming for the friendship and the fellowship. So that'll be a lot of fun. Hey, well, I, and Bryn guarantees that it's going to be in the minus teens. 
Uh, we'll uh, we'll see what we come up with. We'll see what's served up for us right in the middle of Siberia. <laughs> hey, I just want to say one last thing on on my part. I, I a lot of people that that we got to meet at the event in the Czech Republic. I had people, uh, you know, uh, joining up with me on Twitter and Facebook just in the last couple of days that I hadn't heard from in a year, and and I, I loved that. That was great. But the thing I really want to say is I had my health challenges this year. And I'm still yeah. getting wonderful emails from people. And I just want to thank everybody once again for all of your support. Uh, that means an awful lot to me. So I just wanted to throw that out there as we kind of wrap things up here a little bit. So that's it for me. Well, you have any final thoughts? That's it for, that's it for another World Juniors, Bryn, for yeah. us. And we'll be back next year with uh, World Juniors 2022 from Edmonton and Red Deer. And if you missed it, and I know you didn't, and you probably wish you did. It was a 2 nothing victory for Team USA over Team Canada to win the gold medal today. Paul, thanks. This has been a blast, and we'll check in with people yeah, thank you very much, over Brent. the next few months. This has just been so, so great. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you soon, and Happy New Year. 